Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. Your host, David Gill, here. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week as always. I certainly am. This week, we are going to talk about Mr. Zuckerberg's uh, Facebook CEO big plan for Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Messenger, his plan to integrate them all and in the process create a new platform that promotes privacy and safety and uh, is just overall something that we have never really seen from Facebook. And so I'm going to kind of discuss what all of that really means and what we can kind of expect from all of this, how much is true, how much is not, and what changes you can expect to both Facebook and Instagram and all the other platforms that they control. Uh, We're also going to talk about a couple other things. Airbnb acquired Hotel Tonight which is pretty interesting. Hotel Tonight, if you don't know, they're one of the fastest growing online travel agencies. And uh, this is one of Airbnb's many moves to not just be in the, you know, home renting space, but actually enter the hotel space as well. And uh, we're also going to get a scooter update. We haven't talked about the, uh, I had an episode about the scooter wars back probably almost six months ago now. We're going to talk about an update. We're going to talk about Bird today. Anyways, all of that, let's get into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So let's start with the big kahuna. We're going to start with Facebook's new platform. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg wrote a blog post, I guess you could call it, on Facebook uh, titled a P, oh, I'm sorry, a privacy-focused vision for social networking. Something that probably sounds uh, alien coming from Mark Zuckerberg's mouth considering all that has happened over the past couple years with Facebook. So what we're going to do is kind of go through and dissect this blog post. I've got it in front of me right now. Um, I've already taken plentiful notes, but uh, we're going to go over it. So, you know, he starts off by saying my focus for the last couple of years has been understanding and addressing the biggest challenges for Facebook, blah, 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 PR, PR, PR. But uh, he kind of starts getting in the meat of things around the third paragraph. He says, today we already see that private messaging, ephemeral stories, I don't know why, I mean, ephemeral, it's a little fancy there, but, uh, you know, Facebook stories, Instagram stories. And small groups are by far the fastest growing areas of communication. There are a number of reasons for this. Many people prefer the intimacy of communicating one-on-one with just a few friends. People are more cautious of having a permanent record of what they've shared. That's definitely a big one. Uh, And then he said, and we all expect to be able to do things like payments privately and securely. Um, Then he goes on to say, and obviously I'm just kind of paraphrasing for everyone who hasn't read this because it's pretty important if you are in the social world. Uh, I mean that both on the business side and, you know, even if you just use these platforms every day. Uh, Public social networks will continue to be very important in people's lives for connecting with everyone and everyone you know, discovering new people, ideas and content, blah, blah, blah. 
but now with all the ways that people want to interact privately, there's also an opportunity to build a simpler platform that's focused on privacy first. So, and then he actually says in the next paragraph exactly what everyone's thinking when you hear a privacy-focused platform by Facebook. He says, I understand many people don't think Facebook can or even would want to build this kind of privacy-focused platform because, frankly, we don't have a we don't currently have a strong reputation for building privacy protective services and we've historically focused on tools for more open sharing basically he says listen i know we all have the brand or reputation for this type of thing but we're going to go for it anyways because we own facebook and instagram and whatsapp and facebook messenger and basically we have billions of users so try us is basically what he's saying so i'm going to skip ahead and basically he gets to the main points that they want to focus on with this new platform and i want to take a step back for a second now because we heard about uh, probably a month ago roughly a month ago is when i started hearing rumors of facebook wanting to somehow integrate uh facebook messenger uh whatsapp instagram dms all of them into one cohesive messaging platform and i thought hmm i don't think that's a great idea because whatsapp users really love whatsapp and they don't love the idea of having facebook coming in and interfering with the whatsapp app and then same thing with instagram you know facebook facebook as in the platform facebook not the company facebook has a lot of laws has lost a lot of usership but luckily or not luckily strategically they acquired instagram which is where a lot of that usership has gone i think shoving facebook down the throat of instagram users who have already left the facebook ecosystem or at least in their in their minds they have left the facebook ecosystem obviously they're still on the facebook platform but at least they're not on facebook itself uh i don't think that they're gonna want to be having facebook shoved down their throat when they're on instagram so i thought this wasn't a great idea but obviously it was just a rumor and we had no idea how they were planning to do this this appears to be exactly that plan they want to create a you know, new platform that kind of merges all of these together. I, they didn't, now I'll be clear, they didn't give much details as to uh, how everything will be done, but they gave details as to what their core principles for this platform will be. And those core principles are, I better read them to you now, uh, private interactions, encryption, reducing permanence, safety, interoperability that's the you know making it work between instagram facebook whatsapp everything and secure data storage so those are the main things that they uh are going to focus on in creating this new platform so let's go through each one and i'm gonna read what zuckerberg said for each one and then i'm gonna give my opinion on each so he said uh for private interactions people have People should have simple, intimate spaces where they have clear control over the, who they can communicate with them and confidence that no one else can access what they share. That's basically a messenger. That's already what WhatsApp is. That's kind of what Facebook Messenger is. And that's kind of what Instagram DM is. But inst listen, I mean, Instagram DM is certainly not great. Uh, Facebook Messenger has a lot of users, but that's mostly because Facebook kind of 
forces you to use Instagram Messenger or Facebook Messenger if you're using Facebook. If you know it was its own separate entity, I very highly doubt they would have the hundreds of millions of users that they have. Um, but they're basically saying we're going to create a better messenger that integrates all three. Encryption is the next point. That's you know pretty obvious. Uh, Zuckerberg said people's private communications should be secure and encryption prevents anyone including us from seeing what people share on our services that is a big deal obviously people don't want Facebook reading their messages that was a big concern when they acquired WhatsApp a lot of people were worried that Facebook would start reading people's messages um, Zuckerberg said that they have not at any point basically or it seemed like he said that they've never read people's messages and that they don't use it to serve ads. They use people's behaviors on Facebook to serve ads through Messenger, but not the other way around, not their conversations through Messenger to serve ads on Facebook. Um, I do believe that. I don't think that they you know, would lie about something like that, especially if it were to leak that they lied, because that would be a pretty big deal if it came out there reading people's messages. Plus, if it is true end-to-end -end encryption, it, he's right. No one can read it, not even Facebook. So that's kind of a given. WhatsApp is already encrypted. Most messaging platforms these days are encrypted. You have to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of a given. Not a huge deal there. It's just kind of confirming, listen, we're not reading your messages and we won't. We promise. How much you trust that promise, up to you. But that's what they say. Reducing permanence is the next one. Zuckerberg said, people should be comfortable being themselves and should not have to worry about what they share coming back to hurt them later, so we won't keep messages or stories around longer than necessary to deliver the service uh, or longer than people want them. Again, this is very much already what they've copied from Snapchat. They already copied stories from Snapchat as, you know, instead of having, because basically, you know, Facebook and Instagram used to be just only permanent posts, and then they added the stories feature, which Snapchat invented. It's probably the greatest in invention of Snapchat that was then copied by Facebook, and uh, they added it to both Facebook and Instagram, and obviously stories disappear after 24 hours, so they're not there forever. Yeah, you can take screenshots, whatever, uh, but it's it's not nearly as permanent as a post, and now it's looking like they're going to copy the other feature of uh, Snapchat, which is the messaging part, which is that messages disappear after someone opens them, unless, you know, obviously they take a screenshot, whatever, which then Snapchat will send you a notification saying, hey, they took a screenshot. So Facebook is basically saying, we copied half of Snapchat. Now we're going to copy the other half and we're going to create a uh, messaging platform but we're going to just take all of our users that we already have. I think this will probably work because it worked the first time. Snapchat has really been struggling over the past couple of years, um, especially on the stories front. People still do use Snapchat for messaging. But as far as stories, I mean, even I myself, I don't use Snapchat almost ever these days. And I went back and just looked at uh, the story. You know, if you go on Instagram these days, the stories reel is filled with everybody posting stories. I went to Snapchat the other day just out of curiosity, and I think there were literally like four or five stories when it used to be just like Instagram where it would be filled with just tons and tons of stories. And it was pretty, it's pretty pitiful if I'm being honest with you. So I know that's just my own anecdotal evidence, but it's very much shown in the overall uh, Snapchat numbers that they've been reporting. 
as well. So they're basically copying the other part of Snapchat after they already copied the first part. So that's going to be the major part of this new platform. It's going to be a Facebook version of Snapchat. Essentially, if you've never used Snapchat, it's, you know, it's just basically a messenger where you can send pictures or text except it just disappears after someone opens it. That's the only difference. Um, next is safety. People should expect that we will do everything to keep them safe on our services within the limits of what's possible in an encrypted service. This one I question because I'm not sure how you keep people safe. And he said it, right? What's possible in an encrypted service? Basically, what they're saying is keep people safe is what they do on Facebook. And um, this week... Joe Rogan had Jack Dorsey and v- Vijay Jati, I believe that's how you say her name, um, who was the head of Twitter's public policy, I believe. Basically, he had Twitter CEO and Twitter's head of censorship, essentially, um, on his podcast to discuss um, all their policies and how they go about um, suspending and banning people. And basically, they said their main thing is focusing on safety and making sure that people if there's threats or endangerment that those people are punished and that people are kept safe. And Facebook does the same thing. Facebook um, bans a lot of people. If you have a, if, if they think that you're threatening or endangering someone, someone else, giving their public, giving their private address out to the public or something like that, right? But in an encrypted messaging service, I'm not sure how you do that if you're not reading the messages, right? How do you make sure someone's safe? And listen, I'm more on the side of kind of let people be on the platform. Um, So I think this one is kind of, they're throwing it in there because they feel like they have to, but I'm not sure. And like he said, you know, within the limits of what's possible in encrypted service, I'm not really sure a whole lot of what you can do. Obviously, they might be able to connect people's, you know, Facebook and Instagram accounts to their messaging accounts. And uh, if so, if someone's saying something very uh, that's endangering someone else on the actual platforms publicly, then maybe they could ban them from the messaging or something. But in the messenger itself, I'm not sure what they're really going to be able to do. So I think they threw that in there, but they're basically, I don't think that they're going to be able to do much if it's truly encrypted. And then the next point, interoperability. That's a tough one to say, interoperability. Uh, That's the other main point, reducing permanence, as I said before, basically copying Snapchat and making it so that all of these services are more integrated. Because at the end of the day, Facebook knows that the Facebook platform itself and the numbers keep showing that it's slowly shrinking, actually, especially with um, US or North America and Europe. With newer markets, it's still growing, but they have lost users in the, you know, already saturated markets, so to speak, especially uh, I think they lost the biggest loss, which obviously makes sense, was in the, I think it was 16 to 34 range, which is basically true. Young people do not use Facebook or very few young people use Facebook. Most of them have migrated to Instagram um, and other platforms, mostly Instagram. But obviously that's okay for Facebook because they own Instagram, but they want to somehow keep them integrated and keep them within the Facebook ecosystem as much as they can, which I've said, I think they need to be very, very careful 
with because right now Instagram, it is very much a part of Facebook. And when you sign up, you can connect your Facebook accounts, all that stuff. But when you use Instagram, it's its own thing and you don't see anything from Facebook. It's it's very separate from Facebook. And I think they have to be very, very careful in merging the two. And I would, I mean, I would just be so cautious because Instagram is this, this, you know, golden nugget, whatever you want to call it. It's this cash cow that you have that is growing and people love. And all the people that you lost from your old platform, most of them have moved here. You don't want to lose them again. That's my big concern if I'm Facebook. Uh, And obviously, I'm sure they know this. I'm not saying anything new here. But the interoperability, making all these platforms work very well together, I'm not sure how much demand there is for that on the consumer side. There's great demand on Facebook side. Facebook wants all their users to use all their platforms. But I'm not sure how much you know, Instagram users want to be more connected to Facebook. So how they go about that, we'll see. But um, what, what Zuckerberg said was, people should be able to use any of our apps to reach their friends, and they should be able to communicate across networks easily and securely. I don't disagree with that. But again, I don't know how much demand there is on the consumer side for that but we'll see we'll see how they go about it and then the final point was secure data storage Uh, people should expect that we won't store sensitive data in countries with weak records on humans rights like privacy and freedom of expression in order to protect data from being improperly accessed basically that means china um and you know, they're kind of saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to take the high stance here. We're not going to go into China. They have poor human rights policy. But really, they're already banned in China. There's no sign of them getting unbanned in China. It's kind of like if your boss tells you you're fired and you say, no, you can't fire me. I quit. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Either way, you don't work here anymore. Leave. That's basically what Facebook is doing here. You can't fire me. I quit screw you China and China saying okay well you're banned here anyways so it doesn't matter um, so they're basically saying we're not going to go to China we have no hopes of getting into China so forget you China that's basically it so that's the main gist of this new platform that's all the information they've given so far we'll see uh, I've I don't really know the timeline I would guess if they're making this announcement that means they've already been working on it for quite some time Um, And that we'll probably see something within the next six months or so. I'll be very curious. You know, Facebook has been under a lot of heat, obviously, over the past couple of years. But because they have Instagram, that's kind of been their saving grace. We'll see if this new platform will be successful. I'm very curious to see. I think they can get a lot of Facebook users to use this platform. I'm very curious to see if they can get Instagram users to openly and willingly adopt this platform. That's the biggest thing I want to see. Um, What will happen on that front so that's what i have to say about that i thought it was pretty interesting um clearly facebook knows they have to move and adapt and this is their next attempt to all right now just a couple quick things i wanted to discuss first airbnb acquired hotel tonight um hotel tonight 
if you don't know, as I said earlier, it is a, well, it started as a last minute hotel booking service. So that was kind of their little niche. It was that, you know, there's tons of online travel agencies, but there wasn't a great one for if you all of a sudden need to get a hotel tonight, obviously that's their name or tomorrow, whatever, but they've expanded a lot and they're one of the fastest growing ones. Their last valuation was in 2017, was at $450 million. If I were to guess, now that we're in 2019 and considering their growth, um, this acquisition was north of a billion dollars, if I were to guess. Now, obviously, I'm not saying it was an all-cash deal. The the terms of the deal were not disclosed. Um, but yeah, so the logical next step for Airbnb is to integrate Hotel Tonight's um, back-end listing system into their own uh, what's called Airbnb Plus. Airbnb Plus is basically Airbnb, plus it has other hotels and uh, other resorts and things that are not just a traditional you know, home or apartment to stay in. Basically, they have they they started in their own niche of well it's not really a niche it's a pretty big market but they started in their own avenue of of taking over the renting homes and apartment space and rooms uh to now they want to really dominate the whole space basically if you need to travel you go to airbnb that is their goal and so they're very much going head to head with all the price lines and booking.coms and all these companies and we'll see how this goes because the hotel space has been very much evolving rapidly over the past few years obviously you had the massive marriott uh acquisition of starwood and uh you know airbnb is going to go public this year Probably, they're supposed to, that's what they've said, and people estimate that they'll be in the $30 billion plus range. The nice thing about Airbnb compared to a lot of the, that they get, a lot of the companies they get grouped into, like Lyft, which recently filed their IPO and said they're losing a billion dollars a year, and Uber, who loses a billion a quarter, is that Airbnb is actually profitable. So I'll be curious how profitable they are once they file for their IPO. But this will be uh, very interesting to see how everything plays out and how much more Airbnb decides to get into the hotel booking service. My guess, quite a bit more. And the final thing I wanted to touch on was uh, an update on the scooter madness that was going on last year. I think it's died down a bit. You don't hear too much. You don't see too many headlines about scooters these days, but uh, they're still going and they're still growing, especially. But I wanted to talk specifically about Bird because they have a new plan to kind of outsource the capital needs of running a scooter service without losing out on market share basically they're creating what's called bird platform which means you or anybody out there can create their own scooter service and what you have to do is pay for the scooters so you buy the scooters you put up the capital and they will give you all of the back-end infrastructure the platform basically they'll provide you with your own custom app you can set your own pricing basically everything so they and they will take a 20% cut they will even apparently send out uh, bird executives to help you set up the service and everything but this is their 
strategy, their plan to expand faster than anybody else because the biggest thing holding these scooter companies back is obviously that, you know, you have to put up a lot of money up front. You have to have a lot of capital. And these companies have been raising billions or at least hundreds of millions and getting billion dollar valuations. But still, you need a lot of money if you want to go global, worldwide. And so they said that uh, they're planning on rolling out bird platform in New Zealand and Canada and then also Latin America. That's a pretty big market. I don't know. I think you could be a little more specific than just saying Latin America, but whatever. But New Zealand and Canada is where you can probably expect to see bird platform first. How many people will jump on this? How big of an opportunity this is? How profitable it can be? I have no idea. It seems that uh, I think they're finally taking after what Uber did and what Uber very much new, which is that, you know, imagine if every time Uber wanted to expand to a new city that they had to buy the cars. That wouldn't really have worked out. They might as well have been a taxi company. And so Bird is realizing this themselves. Every time they move to a new city, they don't want to have to buy the scooters. Obviously, scooters cost a lot less than cars, but they still cost a lot when you're buying them in the thousands. So they're trying to uh, outsource the capital risk to small businesses in exchange for their platform and a 20% cut. We'll see if this works. I will say that if they can just get, you know, a couple people, they can get a Joe in Ottawa to be successful and get uh, some journalist to write a story, a story about uh, how Joe in Ottawa used Bird's platform and now has a six-figure scooter business. You could start seeing a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs trying to jump on this wagon and uh, make their own scooter biz for themselves. And then Bird could have tons of scooter businesses around the world where they don't spend any money up front and they're just getting 20% cut and they don't care who wins between the competition. They get their 20% either way. That's also kind of the Amazon approach. You know, Amazon just lets anybody list products on their website. They get their 15% fee either way, whether Joe's uh, vitamins or Donnie's vitamins uh, win, right? They don't care. They get 15% either way. So if this works, it could work brilliantly. The question is, can they convince those early adopters to go for it? And I think they can. So we'll see how that goes. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Last week, I was sick as a dog, so I was not able to record a new one. So I apologize. That's why we went ahead and rebroadcasted one of the most popular episodes of last year. It's still very relevant, State of Digital Marketing. Give it a listen if you didn't. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy, please, please, please leave a rating or review on especially iTunes. That helps us a lot. But any platform that you listen on takes like two seconds. All you got to do is click the stars and it really, really helps us out if you enjoy the show. Anyways, I will see you guys next week. Bye bye.